This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Well, we're glad you're here today. And I was just thinking when I was listening to those words up there about the reckless love of God. And sometimes we forget it. Sometimes we just kind of forget about the wonders of God and the reckless love of God and the faithfulness of God. So today, what I want to do today is just give you a little gentle reminder of some of the things about God's love for towards you. And uh, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. It's funny, you know, I was thinking <laughs> while I was getting ready to come out here today, humans are funny, hey? Like, we, we, get these, we get nervous, we get anxious. You know, when you come out here, and I'm sure some people are like, I would never do that. And other people are like, ooh, I'd love to do that. And... Uh, you know, you always do, you go through the, all the checkpoints, right? You, you make sure you're ready. You check your eyes. You check your nose. You check your teeth. You check your fly. I mean, come on. Not necessarily in that order, but come on, we do. You know, you got, you got to be presentable. I hope I, I hope I checked off all the boxes this morning. But I want to tell you something. We're in this thing together, and it's not about a personality. It's not about a style. Although we're thankful, so thankful for Pastor Mike. We're so thankful for the multitude of talented people that give every week here at Nova. I really am. But I tell you, there's something that the, the reason we're here is something so much greater than that. I want to read a passage of Scripture that's sort of where we launch off here today. It's found in Exodus. And if you know the story, maybe you don't know the story, but Moses has fled Egypt he killed a soldier, he fled Egypt, and now he's gone off into the wilderness. He started a new life, he's got a family, and uh, he's forgotten about the children of Israel. And one day God shows up, and most of you probably always heard the story of the burning bush. So God shows up. And the scripture says this in verse 11, Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Now, so God has spoken to him, and God answers, listen to this, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what's his name? What should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you to me. The message today, and what I want to share with you today is a very important question that people ask a lot, is where is God? Where is he today? Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to pause in this moment, in this place, in your presence. We're glad you're here. We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful that your spirit is with us. We open our hearts to hear your living, eternal word today. Breathe life through your word, we pray. Amen question for you. How many people have a favorite TV show? Anybody? I'm going to get some confessions out of people today because this could get ugly. So I need somebody to shout. Who's got courage enough to shout out their favorite show? Anybody? Somebody give me one. Okay. All right. That's, that's a good one. Anybody? Come on. Help me out here. What? I, I, I think I'm missing some of these. Are these all streamed online or something? I have no idea what you're talking about or what you just said. What is it? Don't know that one either. Okay, stop, because this is not fun anymore, because all of a sudden I realize I don't know most of these shows. <laughs> so here's one for you. Here's my confession. One of my, my favorite shows, most of you who know me know this is Seinfeld. You can judge me later. Stop, okay? That's the show. 
And I think a lot of it's because I'm a lot like Jerry, right? I'm always think I'm funny. <laughs> and everybody has to like me. Now, if you know Seinfeld, you know what that, what that means. There's an episode in the, in the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's friend Elaine starts dating this guy. And he's a close talker. Anybody seen that? This guy literally gets up and every time he has a conversation and he enters a room or he meets somebody new, he's right up in their face. Hey, 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 hey. And everybody backs up because he gets into the personal space and it's awkward and he's in their personal space. Back off, buddy. And like the looks on people's faces. And, okay, let's see who the real Seinfeld people are. Anybody know his name? I'm the only heathen in there. Nobody knows his name. Where is Nicole and Christian when I need them? His name was Aaron, by the way. That's a biblical name. Do you like how, you like how I swung that around? <laughs> but a lot of times, people like that, you know people like that, they get into your space. Then there's also people, I call them the shadows. And I had one of these growing up as a kid. There was a, there was a, kids that moved, a family moved across the street from us when we were younger, and I befriended a guy. And uh, we got to be friends, and we hung out a lot, and we had other group of friends and cousins, and we all hung out, but he was always right by my side. And it got to the point where it actually got a little bit annoying, because every time I would turn around, he was literally right there. And his nickname became my shadow. He was constantly right behind me. So I would, I would bump into him, I would turn around. If I was talking ugly about him, he was right there. <laughs> Beware of your shadows. Now that I'm older, I got a new shadow. I got a new shadow now. He's a little bit different. He's kind of furry. And his name is Buddy. There's Buddy. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> so he's this little dog. He's 11 years old now. And he was even, actually, I preached to him last night, funny enough. He got the sermon before you did. He constantly follows me everywhere I go. When I come to the house, he runs to the door. When I go outside, he runs to the door to go outside. When we're upstairs, he wants to be upstairs. When you're in the bed, he wants to be on the bed. He always, always wants to be wherever I am. And I thought, you know, I got, it made me think a lot about people that are around you. People that follow you, want to be close to you. And the reason these people that I call my shadows is because I mattered to them. And they were connected to me. And they wanted to be where I was. You see where I'm going with this? Sound familiar? Maybe some of you, you're feeling like, you know what? I feel pretty overwhelmed in my life. And God feels pretty far away right now. That's okay, because you're in the right place. You feel like, you know what? God, I left God way back in my teens. I left God in my 20s. I don't even really feel God anymore. I don't think God understands my situation I don't know what my future is going to look like. These are the kind of questions that we always ask. If God seems far away from you, does God seem silent to you? You're asking the question, where is God? We're going to remind you today where he is. Because I've come to realize this, that God actually is a close talker. God is a space invader. God is my closest shadow. The Bible describes a friend, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I used to think God was always out to get me. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know where I got this from, but I always believed God was old, God was grumpy, God was mad, God was waiting for me to make a mistake, and that I didn't deserve, 
I didn't deserve any of the blessings. I don't know how I got that way, but my, my prayer today is if you're here today, maybe you feel that way. I've done too many things wrong. I've gone too far. I've made too many mistakes. I've made the mistake too many times. We're here to remind you today that that's not true at all. That God, I'm telling you, God is in your corner. And we're going to look at a couple of scriptures that are going to prove that to you today. There was an old, you know, that reminded me of a song from way back, and this is going to give my age again. I don't know if anybody's ever heard the song, God is Watching You from a Distance. See, oh my God, this, is, this is depressing. <laughs> it was sung by Bette Midler in the early 90s. Actually, fun fact for you, she didn't write it. I found that out yesterday. <laughs> the song goes like this, God is Watching from a Distance. And I got thinking, wow, it sounds like a nice song that talks about how beautiful the world looks from a distance and how peaceful the world looks from a distance and how we all get along from a distance. God is watching from a distance. I thought, that's not true at all. God is watching from within, and it's a big difference. See, the world looks at it this way. It says, well, God's up to the big guy up there in the sky, and we keep him way up there, and we detach from him. And people go, I believe in God. I'm religious. I go to church. But they never know the living Father, the living God. And there's a big difference. I want to remind you of that today. I got a revelation one day because I used to think, oh, man, people are praying for the smallest things and they don't really matter. God's busy. God's pretty important. He's kind of busy. And I read a passage of Scripture that says, the hairs of your head are numbered. And I staggered backwards and I was like, wait a second. If he takes the time to count the hairs on my head, which he probably get a recount every day, He knows what's going on. He's pretty close. And I'm telling you, it started to blow my mind. And when you hear the couple of scriptures I want to share with you today, you're going to just, I hope you get, I hope the word of God penetrates you today to realize how wonderful and amazing God is and how much you matter. And if you leave here today with anything, I want you to leave with this thought that God is with me and I matter. God is with me and I matter. Revelations 22.13 says this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. It's a powerful, powerful proclamation about God. And there's a couple of key thoughts in there that I just want to share with you. One of them is God, the great I am, when you heard me reference in the first part of the passage when he said, I am, there's a word they use for that, that we use, and we, call, we think God, we go by the name Yahweh. There's different names you've heard of God, you know, over the years that people use, Lord, God, Savior. There's lots of ways that they proclaim God, but the Hebrew people back in those early days of the scripture recordings, wouldn't even say the name of God. It was so sacred They wouldn't even say his name. When they wrote and recorded the scriptures, they wouldn't even spell out the name of God. So they did an abbreviation where they just took the, they took the vowels right out and abbreviated the word Yahweh to the point that you couldn't even utter the sound of it. And I heard this, somebody shared this with me, uh, uh, Jim shared with me, because Jim does a Bible study on the names of God, and we were sharing on Friday, and uh, he said that those four consonants make up the sound of the breath of God, the sound of breathing. And when you look back to the beginning, when Genesis, when it says God created the heavens and the earth, God was there in the beginning. As a matter of fact, it says, I am the beginning. 
He is the beginning. He was there in the beginning. And the scripture says he breathed into the man the breath of life. He breathed his life into man. The life of God is what's in you today. It doesn't matter how far away you feel from God, how far away you think he is from you. The breath of God is in you today. God was there in the beginning, and God was there at your beginning. This is where it really gets me excited. God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 1 says. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Here's my thought on that. He chose you before the foundation of the world. He put his breath in you. He put his purpose in you. He put his life in you. He started a plan in you way before you ever understood it. And I hope today you get a revelation of that. The God was, I am was. I also want to share with you another thought that says the God is now. I am is now. God is there with you now. Revelation says this, that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. Romans tells us that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. If you look at Psalm 46, I want to read it to you. It says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we get ourselves into situations, and especially if we think it's our fault. And then we always just basically try to figure our way out of it. And I'm here to encourage you today. I don't care. I do care, but it doesn't matter the situation you're in today. How far away you think, how hopeless it seems today. There is hope because of the living God. There is hope because of the love of God. I, uh, a number of years ago, when I don't golf very much. It's probably a good thing. But a number of years ago, I was in a golf tournament. I do these usually. They're work-related. And they're called best ball tournaments. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I like them because literally you don't have to be that good to play. So I'm in this tournament up in the Northumberland Links, and I get paired up with an elderly lady and two elderly gentlemen I've never met before. And we get up to the first tee, and I'm, I'm not a good golfer. If you say amen, <laughs> don't worry, just hold your thought there. So I get up, and the, you know, they hit the ball, and they're swinging the drivers. It's not going very far. And so I get up, and I hit a pretty good tee shot. It goes a little to the right, but it's quite a bit further than everybody else's. And okay, it's not bad. Then we get up, and so we're going to play my ball, because mine is the best ball. So we play my ball, and now I've got to go up over these trees to get to the green. So I take out a nine iron. I take that thing right up over the trees and land it on the edge of the green. And, and they're kind of looking at each other like, is this guy a ringer or something? What's, who is this guy? So we walk up and we end up paring the hole. We get to the next hole. It's a, it's a par three right along the ocean. And it's down a hill and up and it's windy. And they're out there wailing away with the drivers and they're nowhere remotely close to the green. I still don't know what they were aiming at. So I get up with my three iron and line it up, and I'm telling you, I hit that thing and land it in the middle of the green. And now I'm getting a little bit like, whew, what's going on here today? So I walk up 
you know, and I'm feeling good, and they're all looking for their balls and trying to find their putters. So I walk up, I grab my putter, I walk up, it's about 10 feet away, I line it up, and I drain the putt while they're still getting their, their putters out of the bag. And I birdied the hole myself, and they're kind of looking at me like, what is, who is this guy? Who, where did this guy come from? We have a ringer here. Is this guy Tiger Woods? What's going on here? <laughs> it was a great moment. And I used the word moment, because the next tee came... <laughs> And that was the end of the day, because it came off the rails in a hurry after that. I had two holes where for just a fleeting moment, I was a really good golfer. Fast forward a little bit later on to the summer, I get invited to go out for a random golf with what I thought were my friends. <laughs> Pastor Mike Miller, Joel, and Anthony. So the four of us decide to go for a round of golf. And now, you know, those, you know, they're all fairly athletic guys. They're decent golfers. So they, so they decide to make it a little bit competitive. So where I'm the weak link here, they decide to put me with Coach Anthony Murphy, and Joel and and Joel and uh, Mike pair up, and uh, the games are on. So I get up and I hit a fairly good first shot, you know, and we're going along there. And he knows my history, so they kept taunting me that eventually it's going to come off the rails, and we're going to win the day, we're going to win the bet, we're going to win the challenge. But something funny happened that day. I had somebody with me. And you heard me reference him as the coach. We call Anthony Murphy the coach. Anthony would not let me come off the rails that day. Every hole, if I made one bad shot, he said, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. You're going to line it up. In the background, Joel and Mike are over the top of me. It's off the rails, Vaders. It's off the rails. <laughs> Funny thing happened that day. I shot the best round of golf that I ever shot. And it wasn't great, but it was the best round that I had ever shot in my life. And I thought, that's an interesting analogy right there. You say, how is he liking this unto the kingdom of God? Well, this is an easy one because I had somebody there with me. Every time, pretty bad, and you start crying about golf, eh? <laughs> it's not the first time. I had somebody in my corner who wouldn't let me get discouraged. Wouldn't, he wouldn't let me give up. He silenced the taunters. But I tell you, it just reminded me of what God's like. He reminds me. The thought is this, no matter what you're going through, he's right there with you. No matter the situation. How is this for a thought? God is never surprised. He's never surprised. Not only was he there in the beginning, he is the beginning. He is everything. Yahweh means existence. Not only to bring into existence, the being of existence is God. There's so many words in the language that we try to describe and that we run out of ways to describe God because there's no one word that can describe him. And you heard about it today, the endless love of God. The final of the three is, I am, will always be. God will always be with you. Moses told this to Joshua, that God will never leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 58, 9 says this, You shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. There's I am again. Here I am. Jesus told his disciples when he departed, he said, I am with you always. It reminds me, I got thinking about a, another story when I was growing up. In a small town in Newfoundland, and 
There was a kid in our neighborhood that was younger than I am. He was bigger than I was, and he was tougher than I was, and he intimidated and kind of bullied me. And we didn't fight very often, but if we got into a fight, it kind of always turned into some weird wrestling match where he'd pin me, I was afraid, I'd back down. And so he always intimidated me. And uh, if we were playing a sport or if we were playing a game or whatever we were doing, if he threatened me or bullied me, he just intimidated me. One day I got to, my brother pulled me aside, my older brother, and he said, you, that, that's enough of this. It's time for you to stand up for yourself. He said, I'm going to teach you how to fight. So he taught me, and my brother had been in a few scraps. And if anybody's ever met him, he's got mitts on him like, uh, like jackhammers. He said, stand up. Hold up your hands. When he swings, you're going to block and you're going to swing. When he swings at you, you're going to block and you're going to swing. And he shared with me a couple of minutes. And then later that day, I ended up in, into, in between a couple of the yards. And this guy's coming after me. And he goes, where do you think you're going? And I remember standing there thinking, like, where, this is going to happen today. And uh, so I stood in there and I stood my ground. And I'm shaking, and I'm, I'm shaking, I'm afraid, because I'm thinking that this could, this could go bad, I could get hurt. Uh, I was afraid, but I stood my ground, and I can just remember everything my brother said, and it literally played it exactly like he said. He swung, I blocked, I hit. He swung, I blocked, I hit. I hit. That happened three or four times. He got the message. He never bothered me again. I was never afraid of him again. And I thought there was a couple of things in there that remind me of God, too. First of all, he had my back. I knew my brother was there. He never stepped in, but I knew he was there. And it gave me a confidence that I wouldn't have had. And he also gave me some direction on how to defend myself. And it just reminds me, you know, it's, everything in life can remind you of God because it came from God. There's nothing new. There's nothing that surprises God. I just want to share this with you, that if you feel like God's not with you today, or he hasn't been with you, or he won't be with you, the thought is this, that God is with you. God isn't confined to your past, your future. He's not confined to being in the side of this building on a Sunday morning. God is with you, and God is for you. And sometimes, you know, you feel like you're crying out to be heard. <laughs> you kind of feel like the Horton Hears a Who crowd on a speck of dust on the, on the, on the bit of the flower crying out, we are here, we are here, we are here. And sometimes you feel like you're crying out that I'm here, I'm here. Does anybody hear me? Does anybody see me? And you're crying out to be heard. And you're crying out for somebody to understand that you are there. And I can tell you this, that God hears your cries. God hears your heart. He's there as close as you can imagine. He's, he's waiting. He's standing at that door, no matter where you are at this moment in your life. And the amazing thing about God even if you feel like you're not important to God. Sometimes you feel like God, God is far away from your situation. But I want to hear you so, tell you something important, that God knows where you are at all times. I told you I grew up in a small town in Newfoundland, and it was a beautiful little town uh, right on the Gander River. So with the two towns in a valley where the river began, and uh, I had an uncle growing up who was uh, an expert salmon fisherman and a, a guide on the river. So he would take us down fishing all the time. And being a guide in the river means you knew every area of that river. You knew where the rocks were. You knew where the shallow places were. You knew where the dangerous rapids were. And he would navigate that river. He could do it with his eyes closed because he knew that river so well. 
And I remember riding in the boat with him. I was always so excited and never afraid, never worried about the, the rapids or the rocks because I trusted him to navigate us to the end. When I was younger, I wasn't much of a fisherman. My brother was a lot keener than I was. He would sort of knew better of the patterns of the salmon and where they were in the water. I wasn't really good at that. I just threw my line in the water and got bored real fast. And uh, one day my uncle decided, you know what, I'm going to take you fishing. So he took me in my boat. We went off from the camp where we, where we were all staying. He took me to this secret little place. And he said, see those? We anchored the boat and we sat in this riverboat. And he said, see, the ra see that rock sticking out right there? I can still see it today. He said, just close to there, just from there, there's a few little ripples there. He says, start casting your line along the pool. So you cast your line along the pool with your fly on the end. You go a little bit further, and you just work through that pool. And when I got near to where that rock was, I saw the, the splash. And then I pulled up, but I was a little bit slow. He said, the next time you see that, you pull up fast, immediately pull up. So a couple more casts, and that thing went down there, and that salmon came up. We, it rose up out of the water, and I pulled up and set the hook in that salmon. I played out that salmon. The salmon jumped, and I finally played it out for 15, 20 minutes and finally got him into the boat, my beautiful little shiny salmon. Uh, the first salmon I ever hooked and landed myself. Then he proceeded to take a wrench out of the bottom of the boat and beat the head of the salmon <laughs> to kill it. <laughs> And I can see the dents going into the... I'm sorry if you're offended by this. This was a long time ago. I can see all the dents going into the head of the salmon. Like, oh, my beautiful salmon. He's destroyed my salmon. But I, I said that... This, that hurt a little bit. I said that to say this, though. That <laughs> he knew that river. And we trusted him. He knew every part of that river. He lived and breathed that river. He knew how to navigate that river like no one I'd ever seen for many, many, many years. And what I want to share with you today is this, that God knows your river. God knows your path. He knows the mistakes. He knows the dangers. It's not about the mistakes. It's not even, I'm, I'm, it's not even just, about, it's not about sin. It's not about God getting you. It's something more greater than that. It's about understanding the love of the Father and that you matter. And like I shared with you earlier, sometimes people think God is angry. Sometimes think God's waiting for you to screw up and, and make the mistakes, and the judgment is coming, and the wrath is coming, and people, some people think, think that way. It's because that's what we told them. But I want to share a thought with you. If God was out to get you, you would have already been gotten. Get it? If God was out to get you, you would have already been gotten. God's not out to get you. God's out to walk with you. I got one more story for you. <laughs> I remember growing up as a kid, we were teenagers, we had a, a little Honda dirt bike. I loved this bike. We'd go everywhere, and there was lots of old hunting roads and lots of trails and paths. And uh, so we're, myself and my cousin were on the bike, and we were going swimming to the, a place called the Deep Hole. And that was a popular place where you could dive off the bridge into a hole that was really deep. So that's why they called it the Deep Hole. <laughs> Pretty profound, eh? So we're, <laughs> so we're coming across, and we come up over the hill on one of the old logging roads, and down the bottom of the hill, there's a police car. Now, get to understand how I'm not old enough to drive, I don't have a helmet, I don't have a license, I don't have a plate, and I don't have a permit. So, I, <laughs> like you would, right? Really, come on. So anyway, of course, I panic. I ditch my cousin, and I turn around, and I 
hightail it out of there with the rocks flying. As I get around the corner, I look back and over my shoulder and I can see now he's coming. Now my heart starts to pound and now I'm really panicking. So I speed up as fast as you can go on a dirt bike like that and I'm fishtailing all the way down. There's dust and rocks flying. I get another kilometer down the road and look back and he's still coming. So I'm like, now what? I'm not going to be able to outrun him. So there's a path that leads down to another part of the river. So I scoot down the path with my bike, I jump off my bike, and I wait, and I look up at the top of the path, at the top of the hill, and he, now he's standing there. He's still coming. Okay, now what? Like, there's no turning back now, so now I navigate myself across the river. Now, this is not a real deep river, but it's, there's a falls there, and there's a lot of sharp rocks, and the place is called the falls. We're pretty original with the names, eh? <laughs> so I'm navigating across this river, not wanting to fall over the with the sharp rocks down into the falls, and I get to the other side, and there's a salmon ladder there. And the salmon ladder, if you don't know, is basically a set of stairs made filled with water where the salmon can navigate up the river, and they can monitor the salmon, they can monitor the number of salmons, and it's also less stressful on them than trying to jump over a falls. Now I'm standing on the ladder on the other side of the river, and now he's still coming. So my last resort is I have no idea what else to do, so I literally just panicked and started running into the other side of the river, into the woods. I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea what, where he is now. And I just run, run, run. And all of a sudden, I'm just running. I'm running out of breath. I'm panicking. And I come around a tree, and I literally come face to face with him. And actually, it was face to chest because he was towering over me. I thought, I'm going to jail now. I'm a juvie. I'm going to jail. Like, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea how much trouble I'm in. And the only thing he says to me, he says, you weren't fooling around in that salmon ladder, were you? And I was like, no, no, no. He said, okay. And he left me. Really? All that for that? But the point is this. He was never out to get me. He was out to basically make sure. I think he was just trying to put a little bit of fear in me there to make sure, you know what? He could have got me really bad that day. I mean, really, he could have taken the bike. You know, he could have taken me to my parents. There could have been a lot of, a lot of bad things happening that day. So it just always reminded me, he was never out to get me that day. I can tell you this, that God's not out to get you. Psalms 23, 4 says this, Even though I walk through a dark valley, I will fear no evil, for you are there with me. I love that you are there with me. I want to share a passage with you. I want to share a passage with you that sums up everything that we just talked about. It's in Psalms 139. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you why I read this here. If you could, stand with me. Is this, I want you to hear the word of the Lord while I read this because this will summarize what I just shared with you that I hope has made you realize how much God is in your corner today. Just listen to this. It says, Lord, you have examined me and you know me. You alone know when I sit down and when I get up. You read my thoughts from far away. You watch me when I travel and when I rest. You are familiar with all my ways. Even before there's a single word on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You are all around me. You are in front of me. You are in back of me. You lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is beyond my grasp. It's so high, I cannot reach it. Where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I run to get away from you? If I go up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, 
you are there. If I make my bed in hell, on your worst moment, in your darkest hour, in the middle of your greatest fears, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I climb upward on the rays of the morning sun or land on the most distant shore of the sea where the sun sets, even there your hand would guide me and your right hand would hold on to me. If I say, let the darkness hide me and let the light around me turn into night, even the darkness is not too dark for you. Night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You alone created my inner being. You knitted, me to, you knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. When I was being skillfully woven, your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. My bones were not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, when I was being skillfully woven in an underground shop. Your eyes saw me when I was still an unborn child. Every day of my life was recorded in your book before one of them had taken place. The psalmist finishes up to this. He says, how precious are your thoughts concerning me, O God. How vast in number are they. If I try to count them, there would be more of them than there are grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. How precious are your thoughts concerning me, O God. There's so many wonderful thoughts of God towards you today that it says you couldn't even count them. We had it wrong for a lot of people, a lot of long time. People, church became about rules and guilt and fear and shame and condemnation. Now, yes, we know that God is holy, but we also know that we're His creation, we're His breath, we're His offspring today. God's not out to get us. God is for us. He's out to walk with us on this journey that you hear us talk about every week that there's hope today. I want to pray today before we close. And I just want to encourage you today that if you've never, if you've never known that relationship with God, if you've never had a relationship and called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, today is an opportunity for you. I pray today that you will open your heart. It's the most amazing thing. This is why we do this. This is the why of why we do all that we do is for this moment here today. That if you would like to turn your life back over to the Lord, if you've never known Him or if you've walked away from Him, we're going to give you a moment today and we're going to pray and we're going to believe. If you want to call upon the name of the Lord today, if you want to be saved today, if you want to get on that journey with God and say, I believe in you, Father. I believe in the message of hope through your son, Jesus, today. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads for just a moment. If that's you today, if you've never known Jesus, if you've never heard of the gospel before, if you've never accepted and made Jesus the Lord of your life and reconnected and began your walk with God today, or if you once did and now you've gone so far away that you think you don't matter to God and you want to reconnect and re rededicate your life to Him today, I'm going to ask you to do something today that's real easy. We're not going to call you up here. We're not going to ask you any hard questions today. I'm just going to ask you to just raise your hand today. I'm just going to ask you right now, if, you, if that's you today, 
while everybody's heads are bowed, nobody's watching, we're not going to embarrass you, we're not going to make this uncomfortable, we just want to pray with you. I'm just going to ask you, if that's you today, just raise your hand today. If that's you today. And we'll wait because it's important. It's important. You said, God, I, I never knew I could walk this close with you. I never knew that. I want to take that moment today. Now, maybe it's you that, you know what, you're walking with God, but there's a lot of things that have gone in in your life. There's a lot of things that have pulled you away from God. And you feel like, you know what, I've just drifted from God. I've lost my faith. I've lost my confidence. I just feel like God's not in my corner anymore. And hopefully today has been a reminder to you that God is with you and that you matter. If that's you today, if you would just like prayer, I just want you to raise your hand. If that's you today, that you would just like to have some prayer, that you don't say, we're just going to pray a prayer. Just gonna, we're not going to ask you to come to the front. We're just going to pray a prayer today before we, before we let you go. I want to pray this prayer for you today. And believe God that from this day on that you will know that the Father is with you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your reckless love today. We are so thankful that you are with us. We're so thankful that you breathed your life into us, that you give us hope, that you give us courage, that you give us strength, that you're in our corner, that you're with us, and that our lives matter to you. We're so thankful for your everlasting, eternal love, your goodness, and your kindness today. We just pray today. I pray, Lord, that our hearts today would be towards you. I pray that no matter who is in this room today, how far away they feel from you today, that they will open their hearts and turn back to you. I pray that they will turn back to you today and know that you're with them and you're waiting to walk with them and that you were there all along. We thank you and we celebrate your love today. In the name of Jesus, amen.